DBHDD is reminding Georgians to ask their doctor about alternatives to opioid pain medication. Alternatives such as over-the-counter medications and physical therapy can be used to manage pain. More information at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the new Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Wednesday, January 11th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, a computer glitch brings Hartsfield-Jackson to a standstill this morning. 2,500 new jobs are coming to Northwest Georgia. And Georgia loses a legend and war-winning Georgia public broadcasting host. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. A computer outage at the Federal Aviation Administration brought flights to a standstill at Hartsfield-Jackson and all airports across the country this morning. The FAA said via Twitter that air traffic across the country is returning to normal. The flight tracking website FlightAware reports that 438 flights within, into, or out of Hartsfield-Jackson were delayed and 33 were canceled. The White House said there is no evidence of a cyber attack at this point, but the president directed DOT to conduct a full investigation into the causes. The international solar panel manufacturing company Qcells plans to invest $2.5 billion to expand its plant in Dalton and build a new facility northwest of Atlanta. The deal with the South Korea-based company promises 2,500 jobs. Governor Kemp officially announced the deal at this morning's Eggs and Issues Breakfast, sponsored by the Georgia Chamber of Commerce at the beginning of each legislative session, though Senator Raphael Warnock issued a press release regarding the deal yesterday. I mean, look, these projects don't happen unless we have a local-state partnership, and we've created 130,000 new jobs in four years, almost $50 billion of investment that's coming, I think, you know, a lot of that is, is in the process now or will be very shortly. Both Democratic U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican Governor Brian Kemp are seizing on the news. Warnock calls it the largest solar investment in U.S. history. This announcement would not have been possible if it were not for the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, which delivered tax incentives for American solar manufacturers at every stage of the production supply chain. It is the latest in a $25 billion string of green energy investment announcements in Georgia over the past two years. Georgia Power has won a change of venue in a years-long civil suit alleging the utility is responsible for a history of cancer and other illnesses in the community next to coal-fired plant Shearer. GPB's Grant Blankenship explains. The suit brought by residents of the town of Juliet was first filed in 2020. It alleges toxic material left over from burning coal to make electricity, so-called coal ash, has been allowed to enter the underground aquifer, where for years residents sourced their drinking water. That plus airborne emissions are what residents suspect has caused a litany of illnesses. From the start, Georgia Power sought to move the venue from Superior Court in Fulton County, where the company is based, to Monroe County, where Plant Shearer has long been the major employer and a huge source of tax revenue. Attorneys for the plaintiffs argued the move would mean a biased jury pool. At least one of the original plaintiffs has died from cancer since 2020. The civil suit could see a Monroe County jury by the fall of this year. For GPB News, I'm Grant Blankenship in Macon. A former Atlanta City Councilman has pleaded guilty to a federal charge of bank fraud. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is reporting U.S. District Court records show Antonio Brown entered his plea before a judge Monday as part of a deal with prosecutors. Brown served two years on Atlanta City Council. He ran for mayor in 2021 under a cloud of federal charges filed in 2020. 
Prosecutors accused Brown of opening credit cards and spending thousands of dollars before falsely claiming his identity had been stolen. As part of the plea deal, prosecutors agreed to drop six charges. The single fraud count he pleaded guilty to involved lying about his income on a bank loan application. Georgians are remembering the singer-songwriter, educator, and conservationist Dick Flood, who most people know as Okefenokee Joe. This is the most fascinating and peaceful place in the world to me. It's rich in wildlife, history, and infinite beauty. The great Okefenokee Swamp. Joe hosted the Emmy Award-winning GPB-TV documentary Swampwise. He was a songwriter in the 50s and 60s, with his music being recorded by Anita Bryant, Billy Graves, and Roy Orbison, among others. In 1960 and 61, Flood was invited to sing almost every Saturday night for the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville. The singer-songwriter and conservationist entertained and educated generations of Georgians. He did that as the keeper of the Okefenokee Swamp Park tourist attraction near Waycross and through his music, books, school visits, and television programs, including those he hosted for GPB. Sharon Collins, host of GPB's Georgia Outdoors, spent a lot of time talking with Dick Flood over the years, and she spoke about his life with GPB's Orlando Montoya. How would you describe him? He, he was a lovely man. And how he lived there for 10 years, I do not know. He leaves a big hole in the hearts of many. His son, also named Dick Flood, spoke to us yesterday. Here's what he had to say about his father. We're saddened by his loss. And, uh, you know, we know that he, uh, he affected a lot of people's lives. He changed lives. He was uh, an incredible evangelist for uh, the environment. And uh, we're going to miss him dearly. It's a sentiment shared by many. Um, Sharon, can you talk about his work for GPB and how the evangelizing that he did on TV possibly helped change attitudes about the Great Swamp? I think he had a, a huge impact. In fact, um, my editor, there's a there's a, a song he sings, and, and he ends it with, with um, forgive my voice because I don't sing very well, but he would go, swamp-wise, ha-ha. <laughs> Swamp-wise. Well, my editor and I could not get that out of my head, and thank you, Orlando, it's back in my head now. Um, but he, he just loved the swamp, taught himself uh, about the snakes and the land and why it was so valuable, um, the canals of water, um, and, and he gave of himself. He went around to schools, to libraries, and he, he was just a very sweet, sweet man. And he loved all the swamps, wildlife, the alligators, but especially the snakes. And uh, he made a book, on, book about snakes and TV show about snakes and, of course, a song. Snakes aren't bad. Snakes are good. We should learn more about them. We really should. A little understanding is all it takes. Come on, people, give the snake a break. What can you say about the way he made nature so approachable, understandable, something you, you Well, did. he wanted children to understand that these things weren't... I mean, we shared that love of snakes. I, I, have a, I did a show called uh, Snakes Alive, and I love to handle snakes, which, you know, makes a lot of people think I'm nuts. But um, we talked about um, the, the indigo snake, which is one of the longest snakes in North America. And I've handled five or six of them, um, and even the venomous snakes. I think he did a DVD that explained what to pick up and what to not pick up, but um, he loved them all, and, and I, I kind of do too. 
in researching the story, I learned a lot about him that I didn't know, especially regarding his musical career. He appeared on the Jimmy Dean Show, the Grand Old Opry, wrote a number one country song. Was there anything that surprised you to learn about him? Um, I think the the fact that um, he wrote songs that were performed by some of the top country music stars. He was a very talented songwriter, and I think that was why he could make his his tunes so approachable for children and and so easy to understand. Um, he, he could write, and uh, I just I just wish I had gone out and spent time with him in the swamp. Uh, our conversations were always by phone; they always lasted way too long. Um, but yeah, he he was um, an incredible songwriter, and I think that's what a lot of people would not know about him. That's Sharon Collins, host of GPB-TV's Georgia Outdoors on the life and legacy of Dick Flood, a.k.a. Okie Joe, who died this week at age 90. Thank you, Sharon, for appearing on the show today. My pleasure. Celebrations are planned for Athens on Saturday after the University of Georgia's college football national championship win. First-year graduate student Michael Mazingo was among those watching the game Monday night. It just goes to show how dominant we are as a football team and the dynasty that is going to be building soon. Our offense was incredible. Free tickets to the celebration in Sanford Stadium were made available to season ticket holders this morning. The race is on for fans to get their championship gear celebrating the Dogs' repeat win. There are, of course, the shirts, hats, and hoodies, but there is so much more than the standard swag. For instance, for 900 bucks, you can be the proud owner of a recliner with a Georgia Bulldogs logo. Also, a print of Kirby Smart kissing the national championship trophies going for 200 bucks. Or for $10,000, you can buy your very own full-sized Georgia Bulldogs helmet covered in Swarovski crystals. You know, to add to your collection. There really is something for everyone. And that is it for today's edition of Georgia Today. Email us with any feedback you might have. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. And remember to tune in to GPB tomorrow morning for live coverage of Governor Brian Kemp's inauguration. That's 9.30 tomorrow morning on GPB radio, TV, and our digital platforms. And for more news from GPB, go to gpb.org newsletters and sign up for the Georgia Today newsletter. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.